The following program is sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles. Batter up! of Batter Up on the Sports Insanity Network, sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles. I am Mike Rifkin. Loaded show. Uh, We're going to talk Rob Manfred putting his foot in his mouth again. We are going to talk Aaron Judge's, the news on Aaron Judge is something we'll talk about. I'm riding solo, so there will be some match chatter. Uh, and a couple of other things. We'll talk a lot of the teams in the National League who've been red hot recently. Uh, but we got to start with what happened last night or Saturday night in Colorado. The Angels beat the Rockies by a score of 25 to 1. A 13 run third inning and a eight run fourth inning propel the Angels to a 25-1 to victory over the Rockies. The Angels had 25 runs on 28 hits, while the Rockies had one run on seven hits. Uh, listen, uh, this is just me going through the Angels' box score. They, they, this is going to – Taylor Ward, two for six. Shohei Otani was one for seven. Mike Trout, three for three. Brandon Drury, three for five. Matt Thies. Matt Thies was three for six. Hunter Renfro, five for five. Eduardo Escobar, two for four. Mickey Moniak was five for five. And David Fletcher was four, was four for six. That's just the starters. You know, the reserve guys – Listen, I'm not going to get into to a lot of them, uh, but because the, you know what happened happened. But that that was the Angels' box score right there. Uh, Chase Anderson went two and two thirds, gave nine earned. Uh, listen, part of that is playing in Colorado. Um, but the, the only score I remember that was this bad was the Rangers over the Orioles when it was 30 to three, something like that. Uh, but man, like, listen, you, you want competitiveness throughout the game, but 25 runs and, and 21 of them come in two, two consecutive innings. So, 
I would say today the Angels aren't going to score, but they're in Colorado, so they'll 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 score some runs. But what a performance! Um, and and the Rockies just keep on rocking. I I still go back to spring training when the owner of the Rockies said we'd love to play five hundred ball this year. Well, now they're 19 games under 500. And they're one and nine in their last 10 games. The story of the Colorado Rockies. Um, I still will never understand the whole Chris Bryant signing after moving off from Arenado. But but you know that that's a conversation for another day. But for the Angels, the, the Angels are six back of Texas right now in the AL West in second place. Um, for me, they're six games over. I've all, I said this from the beginning of the year. The Angels need to show me that they're capable of going on a run to be considered a playoff team. I was tired of buying the hype every year. Well, I've bought in uh, uh, to this team. I still there's now. Am I going to sit here and say they're a definitive playoff team? No, but they should be in the race come September. I still think they can use a guy at the top end of the rotation behind Otani. Uh, I'm hoping Mike Trout stays healthy because if Mike Trout stays healthy, he is still. I. It, it's hard to. See. Say because Otani's the best player in baseball right now. Uh, I don't think anybody can or should deny that. And I know there's going to be some Aaron Judge truthers out there who are going to yell and scream at the, that I'm saying that, but Aaron Judge doesn't pitch. And I'm going to get to him in a few minutes, but Otani's the best player. Trout went healthy. I still think he's a top five player in the league, top 10. You know, uh, so he stayed healthy. They just lost Gio Urshel for the year. That's why the Escobar trade had to happen for the, from their perspective. Um, I believe they also just said Mike Moustak is ironically from the Rockies after the game last night. Um, but give the Angels a lot of credit for where they're at. And that was a beatdown last night. And this wasn't even just because it's Coors Field. It's It, it was because <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt signaled the Angels to to help them score some runs. But uh, twenty-five to one, uh, the Angels set a franchise record for runs. I'm not probably hits as well. Uh, I, I'm guessing on that one. Um, th- there there's a lot going on here for for the Angels. So uh, as they move forward in their season, the Rockies. Uh, it's another lost year. And, and by the way, kudos to the people who stayed there for that beatdown. Kudos to them. Uh, so, uh, I did say I would talk Aaron Judge. I'll get into that now, and then I'll get into Manfred and some other stuff before I go into the big series of the week. Um, Aaron Judge... Yesterday, t- spoke to the media. 
this is from Chris Kirshner, who covers the Yankees for the Athletic. Uh, for the first time, Aaron Judge told reporters he tore a ligament in his toe. Previously, the team said it was a sprain. Judge also said he still has pain while he walks. Uh, and then Brian Hoke, who covers the Yankees as well for, for MLB. So I, I'm guessing that's MLB.com. Um, Aaron Boone said he expects Judge to return the season but stopped short of guaranteeing it. That's an absolute, I can't say that about anyone. Judge says, and I quote, I've got to knock out the rehab stuff. I've had different injuries over the years where it's going to take a couple of weeks. Once we can manage the pain, we're going to be in a good spot. So Judge has been out since he made that great catch uh, against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. And, and to the point of the, the couple of tweets, um, they thought it was a spring. Now it's turned out he's torn some tendons. I listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert. So I don't, I don't know how you misinterpret some of that. Um, unless the swelling was so bad, I'm guessing. Um, but this is, this is unfortunate news for one for baseball. Um, it's unfortunate news for baseball because Aaron judge is one of the faces of the game. He's now Definitely going to miss the All-Star game um, in a couple of weeks. So that's on top of that. Um, so he won't be there in Seattle. Um, but and it's a huge loss for the Yankees. Look, if you're a Yankee fan, you're looking at yourself, you're, you're looking in the mirror going, how is this team going to score runs? Because without Aaron Judge, they don't score runs. You know, they, they won on Saturday because Luis Severino pitched a gem. Uh, I, I mean, here's a lineup today. Glaber Torres, Harrison Bader, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, Jake Bowers, DJ LeMay, Billy McKinney, Anthony Volpe, and Jose Trevino. Garrett Cole's on the mound. So every day Cole pitches, they should win, although he's facing Nathan Evaldi, so that's a really good pitching matchup uh, Sunday afternoon. But the Yankee offense doesn't – they don't score when Judge isn't in there, so they are going to have to find a way to do it. The, offensively, they're very reliant on the home. They, they really are. Uh, they have to manu find ways to manufacture runs. Uh, but but there's a couple of guys in here who do have the power source that they're going to need. I, I, and to me, this starts at the, the middle two. Rizzo and Stanton have to get it going. Stanton in particular has to do by staying healthy because his presence is that important. Rizzo's got to just produce. Rizzo's just got to produce and, and we'll move, move on because Rizzo, Rizzo's the left-handed thumper they, they got. They brought him in. He's a great defensive player. He's a great uh, leader in the clubhouse. But they also brought him in because he's left-handed and Yankee Stadium right field. It's a match made in heaven. 
for, for both Rizzo and the Yankees. So those two guys have to produce. Then they need other guys. I'm not going to put all the pressure on Volpe, too young. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look at other veterans. LeMahieu. I need something out of DJ LeMahieu. I need something out of Josh Donaldson, who hasn't done anything, you, you know, in his time with the Yankees. So I, I need those guys to, to play well. And and those and the last guy's Glaber. And because Glaber to me is I think one of the more frustrating players to watch in baseball. The talent's there. You can see the talent. But the mental mistakes, physical mistakes will happen. You'll make an error. But the mental mistakes he makes, uh, at times he's just not clutch. You need more from Glaber Torres, who showed really good signs, I think, in 2020, you, you know, the COVID year. And even the year prior, you know, you're waiting for him to unlock it. And it's just like, it's there. I know it's there, but he hasn't he hasn't been able to unlock it. So they need more from Glaber, LeMayhew, Donaldson. And then if Stanton could stay healthy, that'd be great. Then the pitching. Look, look Garrett Cole's going to give you what Garrett Cole could give you. It's a top five pitcher in baseball for that reason. Severino needs to pitch like he did Saturday. His starts prior were not good. They need Carlos Rodon to come back. They do. They're going to need a Rodon because I don't trust a Domingo Herman. I don't. And then the last thing they're going to have to do, and this is going to hurt somebody's feelings, and as a non-Yankee fan, this is very impartial. They need Aaron Boone not to overuse the bullpen because Aaron Boone, and I listen, I, I think Boone's a puppet. I, I think it's all analytical crap. Um, that works for certain teams, but it doesn't work for every team in baseball. But they, they, need, they need innings out of their guys. Armand, Seferi, you know Cole's going to give you six or seven. Most times out, Cole's going to give you six or seven. It's everyone else. Because they're not going to be able to win games eight, seven, seven, six. They're not. They're not in that position right now without Aaron Judge. Now, if they want to go out and get another bat, by all means, do it. I don't know what they're giving up in the process, but they're going to have to figure that out. They need innings out of their starters. Don't tax your big-time relievers. And you need more out of, out of the other stars. This is where Aaron Boone's going to make his money. This is where Aaron Boone makes his money. Because if the Yankees could play well until Aaron Judge comes back, we'll give Aaron Boone credit. If the Yankees don't play well, and, and listen, when I say play well, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they took two of three from the Royals. You know, I, I, let's applaud them. No, go on a big-time run. Maybe not big-time, but play well enough to say, 
okay, maybe we are a little bit more of a threat to the Rays than we thought we were until Aaron Judge comes back. Figure that out. Figure it out. But we'll wait and see. But the most important thing is Judge needs to get healthy. So uh, that's the news. Torn tendon in his big toe. Uh, So that's uh, the latest on Aaron Judge and where the Yankees go from here. Uh, Next, uh, we're we're talking a little bit about the commissioner. We talked about him on the midweek edition uh, of Batter Up when he said he wished he had gone about punishing the 2017 Astros a different way. Uh, How he wished he had not given the players immunity, which, you know, got me in a bind. But he he said uh, something else that that caught my eyes. That really bugged me. there's an article from SB Nation. Uh, Rob Manfred, uh, in a news conference in London before the Cubs Cardinals series, uh, he said this on uh, the A's situation. Now, quoting here. Um, my comment about Oakland was that I feel sorry for the fans that it was my initial and preference that we find a solution in Oakland. The comment that I made about the fans on a particular night was taken out of context of those two larger remarks. I feel sorry for the fans. We hate to move. We did everything we could possibly do to keep the club in Oakland. And unfortunately one night doesn't change a decade worth of inaction. So, this is a response essentially to the A's fans having a reverse boycott night. Uh, uh, here's the, the initial quote on that, and then I'll talk about it. Uh, Manfred on the reverse boycott fans, on the reverse boycott by fans of the A's, I quote, I mean, it was great. It is great to see what is, it is great to see what is this year, almost an average Major League Baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's a great thing. So, he he's criticized, he's now basically saying the relocation is on the part of the fans. For, for not showing up. And there's a lot of things you could do in the world of sports. As a commissioner, as a player, as an executive, a coach, the one thing you never do is you criticize the paying customer. And let, let's be real honest about this. Rob, man, the, the, the A's in the city of Oakland could be, look up how long that, that stuff's been going on. But let, let's go deep into this. You're now going to blame the fans for an owner who wants to move his team because, well, the Coliseum is a, a dump, let, let's call it what it is. But you also got to remember this. If you build, if you put a, a team on the field, 
that is the that has the looks of a major league team. The fans will show up. Go go back 20 years when Moneyball was a thing for the Oakland A's. The fans showed up. Go back a couple of years ago when Bob Melvin was leading this team to the playoffs multiple years in a row. The fans showed up. Now the fans aren't showing up because they have an owner who doesn't spend money. And listen, if you have a, a, a franchise who, listen, it's a rebuild. We understand. We will we'll go through this. I, I've always equivalated this moment with the A's, excuse me, to Major League, the movie. Rachel Harris wants to move the Cleveland Indians at the time to Miami. She wants to move them to Miami so she gets these scabs and old ragtag guys together. There's a scene where guys are reading the newspaper of the guys who are on the roster and go, who the heck are these guys? That's how I feel when you see the A's. They're not known. A lot of these guys are unknowns. And the fans are supposed to sit there and and take the scene while really behind their back, their owner wants to move them to Vegas. Now, I'll give you whatever the city of Oakland did and, and the A's in baseball, they couldn't come together on something. The fans lose out. Because there's one situation I can can kind of relate this to outside of Major League. The New York Islanders' late owner, Charles Wong, was going to build a new arena on the site of where the Nassau Coliseum was. Uh, There was a vote on it in, in the county, voted no. Uh, the Islanders had to play a couple of years at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn uh, before their new arena was built. And the thing is, you, you had to take a couple of trains to get to the Barclays Center. It wasn't like, you know, you could go out and just drive there if you're you're a Long Island native. So uh, who loses out in that? The fans. The fans have to lose out. And for Rob Manfred to come out and say, you know, he goes on later probably to say, you know, this is all taken out of context. But you never blame the fans. You never blame the fans for anything. Because the, the he, he, here's... <laughs> Go back to 2020, the pandemic and and everything that was going on throughout the pandemic, and there were cardboard cutouts in the stands because people couldn't come in, come into the ballpark. Baseball chose to play that way. Baseball chose to play that way. We're we're glad they did um, because it gave, gave, People something to watch, but 
And you're talking about losing money that year. Well, who didn't lose money in 2020? For Rob Manfred to blame the fans, it, 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 it's it's sad. It really is something a commissioner should not say. And it, it's it's really the word's reprehensible. Um, but here's the thing. Nobody's going to stand up to Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball. Nobody is. The, the owner's... The owners pay the commissioner. So every commissioner you know is just another owner. <clears throat> it's just another owner. Go back to 2020 again and think of how long we, you know, the two sides had to fight each other, the PA and the owners, on certain things. So it's utter garbage with Rob Manfred said because the fans deserve better. The people of Oakland deserve better. And we're in this position now because of that. So that that's where we're at on, on the city of, of Oakland. The A's, the A's look like they're going to Vegas. I, I'm hoping there's a last-ditch effort here by the city of Oakland. I do. I do. I Figure this out because the A's – I don't want to say the A's belong in Oakland. But the people of Oakland deserve it. The Raiders left them high and dry. The Warriors moved across the bay. Figure this stuff out, Oakland. A uh, little bit of an update. Uh, the London game is going on and in the bottom of the fourth inning the cardinals have taken a five to four lead on the cubs uh paul goldschmidt just drove in the go-ahead run and this is all coming against marcus stroman who went three and a third nine hits five runs a walk and two strikeouts stroman who'd been excellent for the cubs so far this year uh definitely in the conversation of starting the NL All-Star game. Uh, so uh, he's been he's been taken out. The Cubs scored four in the first, the Cardinals two, uh, three in the second, and then one each in the third and the fourth. That game currently is on ESPN after the Cubs drubbed the Cubs drubbed the Cardinals uh, nine to one yesterday in London. Which, by the way, I, I I enjoy this, uh, these London games. I I think it's cool. I like it in every league, to be honest with you. Um, The NHL, when they play in Europe at the beginning of the year, love that stuff. Uh, The NBA goes overseas. Uh, The NFL is doing it as well. Baseball. from what I heard yesterday on the broadcast on Fox between Joe Davis and John Smoltz was uh, next year they'll play in London, the Mets and Phillies. The Padres and Dodgers are going to play in Korea is what I think I heard. And then in a couple of years, they're actually going to play in Paris. So some interesting uh, stuff, baseball. I like it. I like the idea of globalizing the game. Uh, 
Um, so, so there's that as well. So uh, I did say I was going to talk about some teams who've been playing well. Uh, and, and I got to start at the top. Uh, I'm going to start with the Reds. And the Reds, excuse me, had their 12-game winning streak snapped yesterday. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. They've won 12 out of 13. And with a win today, they would take two of three from the Braves, which that was that, – that'd be huge. Uh, they're young. They're fun to watch. Ellie De La Cruz is fun to watch. He, he, he's, he's special. He's something that's fun. Their young players have been great for them. Spencer Steer, uh, Jake Fraley has been really good for them. Uh, Jonathan India looks like he's back to the guy who won rookie of the year a couple of years ago. Uh, Matt McLean's been good for them. You know, hang 309. Uh, they just got Joey Votto back. And I think Joey Votto is a huge impact. Veteran leader. Uh, bat will be a presence for them in that lineup. So that's kind of like adding a bat at the deadline. Joey Votto is the bat they add at the deadline kind of deal. I still think they need a guy at the top end of the rotation to go with Hunter Green and company. For this reason, this reason only. This is against my judgment, so I'm, I'm gonna. People are gonna tell me I'm wrong on this one, and that's fine. Um, if you're in a pennant race in September, I'm not sure you could shut down those guys, despite how young they are, because your signal to the fan base is: we think we're good, we think we're really good. But we're going to shut these guys down because they're reaching their max innings. Now, if you fall out of it, you fall out of it, and then you can do what you got to do. But the Reds are going to – I think they're going to be in this because no one's running away from the in the NL Central. The Brewers haven't shown it. The Cubs, who have been red hot as well, get the feminist sacking. Uh, but – the, the Pirates have fallen off a little bit. They need to play better. And I'm tired of waiting on the Cardinals. I'm tired of it. The Cardinals entered today nine and a half back, which doesn't mean they're dead buried, but uh, they need to prove themselves to get – if the Cardinals can get to within six games by the break, that they would be the pick for me. I still think there's a lot of good baseball left in the Cardinals. Uh, I don't trust the manager. But the, but the Reds, listen, and, and here's where I'm going to give the Reds front office credit. Kind of similar with the Pirates. I know the Pirates have fallen off, but, but here's the comparison. Young players, but they were also patient with the manager. David Bell, Derek Shelton, they've been patient with those guys, let, knowing that they had young guys coming through the system to show here is what they are. So those two guys right now, along with Tori Lovello and Skip Schumacher, are probably the top four for NL manager here. 
Good job, David Beltzman. Alexis Diaz at the back end of the bullpen. Uh, I believe he's 21 for 21 uh, on the year so far. Save opportunities. Um, I, I do think they need a starter. And, and the one team I, I would go to, the Rockies really don't have that guy. It would have been Herman Marcus, but he's down with Tom John. I don't see them as a team calling on a Patrick Corbin just because of the money, and they've never seemed to be a team who uh, wants to take on money, uh, the Reds. The guy they could use is Luis Castillo, but he's in Seattle now. Um, I mean, if the Royals are willing to give up one of their guys, not Jordan Lyles, maybe you could consider it. Uh, but I would call the White Sox. I, I would see what the price tag is on a Lance Lynn or a Lucas Giolito. And I, I, was, I know Giolito's had his ups and downs, but I, I still think there's a lot of – there's a lot of good stuff left in, in that tank. So uh, that's where I'm at on the Reds. I do think they need another starter. But who knows? Between now and the deadline, other teams are going uh, to fall apart. So maybe you wind up having to call, I'd say stay in state and call Cleveland. But Cleveland's a game out in the AL Central. I don't see them right now as a seller, despite being two games under 500. Uh, another team got to talk about how well they're playing. The Giants give the Giants a ton of credit with a win today. They would sweep the Diamondbacks and then just be a half game out of first place in the NL West. Uh, offensively, they're getting the job. Guys like JD Davis, Michael Conforto have been really big additions for them. Uh, Brandon Crawford's been an ageless wonder for that team. They have a dominant bullpen. Bullpen's been really good. Logan Webb at the top of the rotation. You know, if they want to add another starter, I wouldn't be against it. Uh, give Gabe Kapler credit, man. Uh, they, they've done a nice job there in San Francisco. Now, I don't think they're as good as the team they were two years ago when they won 106 games or whatever it was. But I also don't think they're as bad as they were last year. I, I think they finally found a happy medium of what they are. And look, you know, right now they're 44 and 33. They're rolling, dining one in their last 10. And if they win today, they sweep the Diamondbacks after beating the Padres in a series earlier this week. Uh, give the Giants their due. They're, they're right there in the NL West. I thought they'd be a distant fourth place, but that's the Padres right now. So give the Giants a ton of credit. Give the Reds a ton of credit. Give the Cubs a ton of credit. The Cubs as well. Uh, if they find a way to win today, they're back to 500. They're 9-1 in their last 10. They've won four, bro. Like I said before today, Marcus Stroman had been dealing. Uh, Justin Steele, who was great yesterday, and the other thing is they have a lineup that's really it's a really solid lineup, top to bottom. Ian Happ has had a nice year. Dansby Swanson, the, the, the big free agent addition. But then they made other additions uh, in the offseason that, that, that I thought were smart. Trey Mancini gives you a nice little depth. 
Cody Bellinger, uh, you know, before he got hurt, was playing pretty well. Sia Suzuki's been really good since he's come back from his injury. Uh, and again, the Cubs preach patience with some of the younger guys. Um, and David Ross has done a nice job. The question is going to be for them if they're in it come the deadline. What are they going to do with Stroman? Are they going to extend him? Are they going to hang him out to dry because the opt-out start? The opt-out is in there. Um, so are you know are they going to figure this thing out? Uh, I believe the owner said right now they're buyers at the deadline, which fine. Yeah, Five hundred team, you you can buy at the deadline, but it has to be a smart buy. You can't just be you know. I wouldn't rent, you know, at the trade deadline. But that, that again, that's just me. That's the way I would go about my business if I was the Cubs. So uh, the Cubs have played well. The Reds have played well. The Giants have played well. If you flip it to the American League, I mean, you know, the Red Sox are seven and three in their last ten. That, you know, you know what? I'm going to give the Red Sox a little bit of love. I know they're two games over, and that's it, and they're still in last place in the AL East, but they're still two games over, which is better than the AL Central. <laughs> so I, I give Alex Cora a lot of credit for the job he's done with that team. Um, you know, they swept the Yankees last weekend up at Fenway after taking two of three in the Bronx. Uh, they're, they've got something, they've got some pieces there in Boston. It, it's really something good is coming out of there. I, I mean, the AL East, I mean, well, let's be real honest, Tampa, Baltimore's run has been phenomenal. More on them in a little bit. I'm still waiting on the Jays to make a run. That that's the team to me. Like I think the Judge injury hurts the Yankees a lot, but the Toronto Blue Jays are the one team I just think they can go on a 17 out of 20, get back into this thing. They, they they're the one team in the A at least who scares me. Um Central's got no one really that. I mean, Cleveland and Detroit won uh, six out of their last ten, but the AL Central stinks. Sorry. The Twins are 500 in first place. Um, I don't know if Cleveland's got enough offense, and that that's just the thing. Uh, Detroit, I don't know. I don't know what they are. Uh, the AL West. Texas is really good. Uh, the Angels are uh, the Angels are good, but I, I still don't I'm not going to put them in that category. Uh, the Astros are struggling. They're three and seven in their last ten. Uh, and if you watch the game Saturday night, they lost on a balk, which I, I got to tell you, I I don't see didn't see it. The play with Ryan Ryan Stanek. Um, but I saw him light up the the second base umpire. He he was in, and I hadn't seen a good argument between a player and an umpire in a while. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, and as balking the eighth inning costs you a game, and 
now listen, the Astros didn't lose the game because of the block. They lost the game because their bullpen couldn't hold the lead. Um, and Abreu walked the world. But I still think the Astros are really good. Um, offensively, they're going to be fine with Bregman, Altuve. They're going to get Jordan Alvarez back. The starting pitching. They need to me. They need another starter because uh, the news on Lance McCullers wasn't good. Uh, I think he's done for the year. You got Framber Valdez, who has been great. Christian Javier has been really good too. Outside of that, you're Hunter Brown's been okay. You're relying on a lot of younger guys, so I wouldn't be opposed to dipping into my farm system to get another starter. Uh, if I was the Astros, again, Lance Lynn makes some sense. Giolito can make some sense. If they want to take on money, Patrick Corbin can make some sense. Uh, you know, th- those are some names you- you're going to see at the deadline uh, for the Astros. But uh, listen, the, the team in the AL West, I, I don't want to say I'm concerned about them, but I'm waiting for them to make the run as the Mariners. Um, the pitching's there. The question is, do they have enough offense? And if they need another bat, they should go get one. Because this is, the time is now for the Mariners. They have a really good core with Ty France, Julio Rodriguez, that pitching staff. If I'm going to strike, it's now for a bat that could help that lineup. So um, th- those are just some teams I'm looking at now. Um because I'm solo, I'm gonna I am gonna go into the Mets. The Mets got a nice win on Saturday. Max Scherzer was really good again. Second consecutive good outing for Scherzer. Uh, everyone else in the rotation needs to follow it. Uh, you know, Senga's been pretty good most of the year. Verlander, it's been one good, one bad. That needs to kind of change. Uh, Carrasco, I don't trust. I, I, I don't. He, he, he'll have a good start, and then he'll get lit up by the Cardinals, and you know that that's that. Um, but there are positives for the Mets. Francisco Lindor looks like he's starting to swing the bat a little bit better. Marte looks like he's coming out of it. Um, Alonso's back, which is huge. They, but you know, he, he's kind of scuffled since coming back. I think the no no rehab games does that to you. Um, but but here's the thing. There are two things I want to get to on the Mets. One was a article by Andy Martino of SNY saying, uh, talking about the Mets wanting some bullpen help because of how the bullpen's been used for the most part this year um, and how the Mets are the one team pretty much in baseball who could take a salary. Uh, to get a good bullpen arm. And, and, you know, teams he mentioned, he mentioned the Nationals, uh, Corbin and Steven Strasburg to help them acquire a bullpen arm. He mentioned the Yankees, Donaldson or Stanton to acquire a nice bullpen arm. Um, He mentioned the Royals with with Sal Perez, which I don't think the Royals are doing that at any point. You know, the one name that I said that made sense was Corbin because I still think there's something in Patrick Corbin where you could get good stuff out of. 
And he, he kind of changes things for the rotation as well, being a lefty. <clears throat> you know, and, and I get it. You got a Quintana coming back and Dave Peterson, uh, if he ever comes back left, as a lefty. <clears throat> but what it also does is it makes one of those other guys, including Peterson, expendable in another deal. So Corbin makes sense from that perspective. Um, I wouldn't touch Donaldson with a 10-foot pole. If you want to go for Stanton, the problem with Stanton is you have to lock him in as your DH. And one of the things about Buck is he will rotate guys in the DH spot. I know people are going to say, well, he uses it for Vogelback. But, but if Pete needs a day, the DH, he'll put Cannon there. He, he has that kind of versatility with some of his guys. He does. Um, so I'm not necessarily for Stanton, but I'm not against it either, depending on what arm is coming in. But the name I would target is Corbin. Um, because I, I think if you could slot Corbin in as your number four starter behind Berlander, Scherzer, and Senga, it's pretty good, you know. And, and I think Corbin, again, I'm going to say, I think you can unlock something there. It's been really downhill since the World Series for him. So, that, but that is something I, I, I would look at. All right, on to the week ahead. A uh, couple of some interesting series. Uh, yet the Reds and the Orioles. And listen, talk about the Reds before. I'll talk about the Orioles here. I think they're very similar in how they're built. Young teams exceeding expectations, both with high upsides. And I both think they both need. I think they both need top-end rotation guys if they're going to make a push for the playoffs. So that should be a fun interleague series. Uh, you get the Giants and the Blue Jays in another good interleague showdown. Um, you know, the Giants I talked about before, the Blue Jays I still think are right on. I, I think the Blue Jays are a run away from doing something. Special. Uh, you got the Twins and the Braves. Rematch of the 1991 AL uh, World Series. Uh, sorry, John Smoltz. But you got the Twins and the Braves. The Braves, I, the Braves are the best team in the National League. Right now, the Braves are the best team in the National League. Um, the Twins are the best team in a bad division. So there is... If the Twins can go in there, take two of three, be a great statement. Do I think they will? I, I just think the Braves are too good. Acuna's right now, I think the NL MVP. Matt Olson's having a really good year. Uh, Sean Murphy, Darno behind the plate. Austin Riley. Michael Harris looks like he's come out of his funk that he had in the beginning of the year. Uh, the Braves are, are they are a threat in the National League. Um, Ray's Diamondbacks is a good one, too. Uh, the Diamondbacks are still one of the better stories in baseball. Uh, the Rays are the best 
team in baseball right now. Um, it looks like they will push Shane McClanahan back to Friday. Uh, he left his last year with lower back tightness. He's hoping to avoid an injured list stint. I think if you're going to go on the injured list, I think now's the time. I'd rather have him miss time in June than have him miss time in July or August. But listen, not the Rays. I don't know how he's feeling. So uh, you also get the White Sox and the Angels and what could be an interesting uh, series. You know, some good, good stuff. This Padres Pirates, not because that's good stuff, but if I were to tell you the Padres would be playing the Pirates and both teams would be under 500 for the year, you would have called me nuts. You know, so there's a lot of interesting things going on this week in baseball. Um, so those are the big series. I, I mean, I'm not going to give you Brewers-Mets because the Mets haven't played well enough. And the Brewers, I don't know what to make of the Brewers. Like, I love the parts of the Brewers. I, I love their pitching staff with Burns and Woodruff and Peralta. Bullpen's been a little bit shaky outside of different Williams at times. Offensively, I'm not sure what the Brewers are, but listen, enjoy the week of baseball. I'll be back at some point for the midweek edition of Batter Up. Check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. Follow us on social media, Facebook at the Sports Insanity Network. Twitter at S Insanity Real. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff coming uh, that we're working on. So until next time, I am Mike Griffin. Thank you for listening to Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity Network, sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles. Have a good week, everybody. Enjoy the baseball. The preceding program was sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.